Welcome, welcome, welcome to Run Mama Run. I'm your host, Michelle Schroff. Run Mama Run is a community of women that love, cheer, and desire the absolute best for each other. Give us a follow on Instagram, runmama.run, and Facebook, and our website. Welcome to Run Mama Run with Michelle Schroff. Today's guest is Demetra Bartlett. I'm so excited to have you, Demetra. Welcome. Thank you. Excited to be doing this today. Would you please do me a huge favor and tell our Run Mama Run community who Demetra Bartlett is? Oh, okay. So this is <laughs> difficult, but um, I am a, a Long Island native. I was born and raised here. Um, I have lived a few different places, had a few different experiences, but home is always home. So I've always come back home. Um, I am a single mother to uh, my son, Tristan, who is seven years old. Um, I work uh, as a care manager for a mental health agency, and I also started my own small photography business. Um, for the most part, I just absolutely love and enjoy my close family and friends, and um, I think at the top of my list with that would also be food. I'm like a, a big foodie. Mm. <laughs> okay, real quick, what's your favorite, favorite, favorite type of food? Tacos. Tacos. Mexican food. Tacos. Yes. Tacos. All right. Tacos. Hey, tacos. That's right. That's right. And tacos can be made any way, right? Yeah. That's right. Seafood, beef, pork, chicken. Yeah. That's so true. I'm with that. You know, we had you on today because we, you know, we really know, I mean, the times are different. They're changing. That's, that's my hope and prayer. We're in a, we're in a time of transition and you and I have spent quite a few hours chatting about what's going on in our world right now. And I really wanted to have you on because through our conversation, I've developed so much insight on folks' background, where we come from, how that shapes and molds us, and also how it um, ultimately brings to fruition how we're going to raise our children. And I was fascinated by the conversation that you and I had about um, you being a mother during this time. Your son is black, you are black, and... Mm -hmm. um, I just real quick, if you wouldn't mind, just, you know, you shared a little bit about yourself. If you wouldn't mind just sharing a little bit about your background as far as um, racism goes, like you growing up in Long Island, because I know there's certain stigmas that come with, you know, Long Island, you must be this or you must be that. Oh, or, my God. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the most prominent one is, oh, you live on Long Island. You must be rich. You must live in the Hamptons. It's like, uh, no. You don't? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, I come from the working class, right. you know, even going into college, like I had to take out those good old student loans right. that I'm still paying for, <laughs> will probably be paying for the rest of my life. But, you know, yeah, no, I'm not rich. Right. So, <laughs> and, so what you were brought up in Long Island and, you know, through our conversation, you had shared with me that you grew up in a very... Um, you know, diverse culture and that you're raising your son in that same diverse culture. But when it came time, you graduated from high school, you made the decision uh-huh. to go to an HBCU. That's right. <laughs> a historically black college university. So yeah. why did you make that decision? Because coming um, through, you know, my entire education. So I was, um, I was surrounded predominantly by white people. Mm-hmm. You know, it mm-hmm. was, um, we, we, it wasn't 
that diverse. I mean, we did have, you know, um, Hispanic students, black students, but it was predominantly white. I think it was predominantly white school district. I mean, to your teachers, staff, you know, you name it, it was predominantly white. So mm-hmm. um, I made the decision that, you know, once I was educated on what an HBCU was, which wasn't until like my junior year of um, high school through the National Urban League, they mm-hmm. actually came in and set up a, a college prep program for us. And they gave us all of our options in terms of education or what we wanted to do nice. to prepare us for success after high school. So I actually chose to go to an HBCU because I said, you know, I want to go somewhere where um, I am not the minority. Right. I want to, you know, I want my professors and teachers and faculty and staff and peers to look like me and, you know, to, to be able to relate and have the same shared experiences. Which I, which was interesting <laughs> when we talked about that, you said it was culture shock for you. <laughs> it was. So I get to... You know, I get to Lincoln University, which is in Pennsylvania, and just to put it out there, we are the first degree granting um, university, mm-hmm. uh, HBCU. So I get there, and you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is not what right. it was gonna be, um, because I was even within my own race, I was, I had a culture shock, I had right. the culture shock of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was surrounded by um, students that were from Africa that were of royalty. You know, I was surrounded <laughs> by students that were from the Caribbean, you know, uh-huh. and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, okay. I, you know, I didn't, didn't think that it would be that. I'm like, right. because even looking at that, their experiences, you know, as black people are far different than my experience. Right. And I'm like, okay. I love it. I love it. And you, you, you shared an experience that you had when you were in one of your classes and here walks in a teacher. Come on, you got to share the story. So it's an 8am math class and anybody who's ever been to college knows that these 8am classes, just so you absolutely know justice, you're like, I'm sitting in class to learn something at 8am. Right. So, you know, it's the first day of this math class spring semester and in walks this white woman and she's got, you know, she's draped in like 10 face cloth. And so, you know, we're all looking at her like, okay, what's happening right now? So, you know, she starts to speak and she has this heavy African accent. And I'm like, is this a joke? And she starts to introduce herself. And, you know, at this point, we're all sitting straight up now looking at this lady like, wait a minute. Okay, now you've definitely got our full attention at 8 a.m. in the morning because what is happening right now? And she introduces herself and, you know, um, she, she proceeds to tell us that she's from Africa and she's African. And I'm like, what is this white lady talking about right now? I'm like... This white lady just told me she was African, like, you know, and I'm like, wait a minute. And then, you know, so people start to ask questions and she gets down to it and she's like, I was born and raised in Africa. She said, I had to obtain citizenship to be able to come here to the States to teach. And I'm like, oh my God. Right. (laughs) And that moment I was like, oh my gosh, that's something that I've never thought of. Right. And never thought that I experienced this here at an all-black university. I'm wow. like, oh, my gosh. Like, right. like she's right. Like, okay. Well, <laughs> you know what's so interesting right. about that? Because you and I had this conversation a couple of days ago. And then, I, you know, because I've been trying to learn as much as I possibly can. Because, you know, 
we went from a time where, you know, we called, we call black people African-American, we call them this. And really and truly, I, so I listened to this. It was actually a really, really, really good um, interview uh-huh. with Matthew McConaughey and a gentleman from ESPN. I can't remember his name right now, but the title of the show is called um, um, Awkward Conversations with a Black Man, I believe, or Awkward Questions uh-huh. with a Black Man. It's, it was so, so enlightening. But he was talking about, you know, the reason why you don't call every black person African-American is because they're all just because they're black doesn't mean that they're from Africa. Africa. They Correct. don't. Ne- they don't necessarily have <laughs> African roots. You know, they could be Correct. from Caribbean. They could become, and they identify that way. So, uh, the yeah. correct term <laughs> is to say black. And I was like, okay. When I was in school, that wasn't the case. You know, when I was mm-hmm. in high school, which was quite a few years ago, um, that's kind <laughs> of when the trend of calling folks African American. And if you didn't, and you called, you know, some, and and, and you, you know, I mm-hmm. guess we just go through those things. But I thought it was interesting when you told me that story, mm-hmm. and then literally the next day, I see this interview, and I was like, makes sense because yep. you have this white lady walking in, and you're going, come on now. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah, is she mocking us? Right. Yes. I was like, what is happening? But, um, you know, when you think about it um, in terms of African-American, I think where it derived from was that people tried to to change it. They tried Mm. to say, okay, what, what is society going to accept for us to call? Because, you know, you go from... We've been called colored and, mm-hmm. you know, just a, amongst a, a range of different names. And I think that what um, society did was t- taking the term African-American to make it acceptable, to make it something that a box that you could check on an application mm-hmm. when in all actuality, you know, that that's not correct because you don't see Hispanic American. You don't see, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you'll Good see point. Native American and like, I can't even begin to get into that because I'm like, oh, yeah, don't get me started. Somebody has. Native American when they were here first. Right. They were here before you called this America. You That's know, right. so it's just like all these different things. And, you know, as as the population um, starts to change and we become more diverse and you, right. you see more mixed race children, so on and so forth, it's like, can you really continue to check that box that says African American? Right. You know, like... That's, that's not going to be true in the next, mm. you know, 30 or 40 years. Mm. Um in terms of unless you're like this white woman who came from Africa and right. now has obtained American citizenship, <laughs> now she can say she's African American. That's right. But, you know, like, that's true. That's in, true. Yeah, but in other terms, it's like you know that that makes no sense. So, like for me, I check off. You know, I check off that I'm black. I'm right. like I'm black, right. <laughs> and that's just you know that's just what it is. Right. Um, people, I identify myself as a black woman. Right. You know, um, and that's important. That's important to me. That's important to my culture. That's important to my family Mm -hmm. that, you know, that's, that's who I am. It's a part of me. It's a part of my identity. Right. I love that. I love that. And I, I just want to talk a little bit about your son, Tristan. He's seven, correct? Yeah. He's a seven year old. So, um, you know, for me, and this is also something you and I discussed previously about the George Floyd, um, murder and, how is this something that you've been able to talk to your son about? Is this, you know, cause he's obviously not at the age where he's out driving around and you have to have conversations about <laughs> how to conduct himself, you yeah. know, if he's pulled over, yeah. but is this something that you've shielded him from, or you've actually had to sit down and have a conversation or is it an ongoing? Cause in my house, it's, it's an ongoing conversation. And a lot of it is because I have older kids, but he's seven. So yeah, absolutely. how did so, you approach that? Um, 
so just to take a step back, so I think that one thing that has been very important with raising my son is definitely educating him on mm-hmm. that he is, you know, a black boy. You know, so that has been from from the start. And I started with, you know, three simple words, black, proud and educated. Mm -hmm. Um, And that I have fostered in him and continue to do so. So that these conversations that, you know, we have to have with our black children are um, just a little bit easier to have as they grow up. And then, as you stated before, we get to that conversation, you know, how to remain safe if you're pulled over by an officer, you know, like it's like stepping stones. You have to continue to have these conversations and develop, you know, in them like that. First of all, you know, you're going to have that sense of pride. I want you to be prideful of who you are and never let anybody else change that. So with Tristan, I wanted to be able to tell him about himself and his race and that it is a glorious thing. It's a wonderful thing before somebody told him otherwise. Because, you know, that's just part of what society has done and continues to do in terms of black men. So I'm like, I want to install it in you early, that mm-hmm. you are to be proud of who you are. So when having these conversations, when things like, you know, the George Floyd murder comes mm-hmm. up, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's something that has been happening to black men for years now. You know, this isn't anything new, but for a seven-year-old, you know, I was um, surprised because he came to me and he said, Mommy, who's George Floyd? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay. So he's heard the name now. Right. And he now knows that something has happened. And he knows that there was an officer involved. So I'm like, okay, how do I break this down Mm -hmm. to his level for him to understand? So I had to identify the facts which includes the characteristics. Mm -hmm. So I said, George Floyd is a black man. He said, what happened to him? I said, he was killed by a white officer. Mm -hmm. Now I had to make that clear. So then I had to also make it clear that, you know, what happened was wrong so that we establishing right from wrong, regardless of race. We have to, you know, with kids, you have to establish that right from wrong. Right. And then, you know, as he grows older and things start to click and connect, it's like, okay, you can now pull the two together mm-hmm. as he gets older and you continue to have these conversations. But for right now, um, you know, I wanted to keep it as that, especially because we do have family members who are law enforcement. Um, you know, I am proud to say that my aunt is the first black female detective of Riverhead of our township. Oh, you go, and- girl. Yeah, 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 very, very proud of her. And, you know, uh, she's also a veteran as well. So, you know, we have all these things. And then we have, you know, even our um, local state trooper, uh, Barrett, Um, we have another cousin who is Mm -hmm. a state trooper. So he sees law enforcement in our family. So, and I also... At seven years old, I don't want him to fear the police. Right. So you didn't want to paint a picture of an entire profession. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I love it. Exactly. Because I want him to be able to, if something is wrong, if something's happening, I don't want him to be afraid to seek help. I don't Mm, want him to to not be afraid to ask an officer or someone in an authoritative position for help. You know, like, because that that could turn really ugly as well. Like, I'm, I'm afraid of what's happening right now, but I can't ask this person for help. For, you know, I didn't want to create that picture. Right. But I definitely so had to establish the facts early so that later on in having these conversations, we can pull those bits and pieces right. together. Right. Yeah. I I love that. (laughs) No, I love that. And I love how, you you know, you're focusing on 
you know, just the just the morality of it. I mean, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not mm-hmm. you're not focusing on, you know, you got to be careful because the police are out to get you. And, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're simply saying this is some this is an incident that happened. Not mm-hmm. you're not pointing out to him all of the incidents that have happened and, you know, yeah. trying to create a um, a possible um, fear in him. You know, mm-hmm. and, and do you have fears for Tristan as he grows up? I mean, are, are your I fears? I absolutely do. You do. You do. <laughs> I, do. Yeah. I do. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm terrified, to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. You know, um, the way things are going now, the way the world looks, um, yeah. I, I'm, I am. I'm afraid for him. Mm-hmm. I, I really am. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, you know, love if you know things could completely turn around but for change to happen it's going to take time Mm -hmm. um you know i feel like now where we are in society we have taken steps backwards right (laughs) you know um i feel like we definitely have taken like a huge leap not even steps backwards Mm -hmm. um you know racism has always still been very present and alive but i feel like now people just aren't afraid or they don't have any, you know, consequences or repercussions behind racism. So mm. it's like, okay, I can go ahead and do, you know, X, Y, and Z, and it doesn't matter. I'm not going to be affected in any shape, way, or form. It's okay for me to do that. Right. And so, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm very afraid for him. Yeah. Very, very afraid Well, for and him. speaking from a mother's perspective, you know, me personally, you know, having children that are of varying different races and and even my my children that are white, I, I have fears for them just in general. And then to mm-hmm. add on those other fears, you know, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's so heavy. You know, it's mm-hmm. so heavy because you just don't know who your kids are going to encounter. And I'm going to be honest, yeah. we, you know, we've dealt with with some issues um, with my, my child that is um, part black. And it's something that I... Oh, I've actually, I've had to call, you know, some girlfriends of mine that are black and say, Hey, how do you deal with this? Because I want to fight mm-hmm. someone like, and I know mm-hmm. I can't do that. And that is not, that's mm-hmm. not right, but I need mm-hmm. some counsel. I need some guidance because some things are, yeah. have been said about my child that directly mm-hmm. are related to her race. And I, I don't like it. And I mm-hmm. want to really jump back into the flesh and hurt somebody. Yeah. So I, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's real. That, it that doesn't change. Ugh. That doesn't change. Um, it's, self-control. It's not, it's not going to change. Yes, it's in discipline. It's in self-control. Um, wow. You know, and you can't change the, the world, right? You can't. You can't. You can't. You can only change yourself. That's right. <laughs> You can't save the world, you know, but I have watched, you know, my mom, I have watched, you know, the women and men in my family Mm -hmm. um, present this, um, just this this strength, this undeniable, unbelievable strength in terms of, Mm -hmm. you know, dealing with race with their children. Because like you said, as a parent, when something happens to your kid, you're already up in arms. You know, you're like, wait a minute, this is my kid, this is, you know, Mm -hmm. so then you add a race factor into it. And it's like, for the love of God, Right. Another thing that we have to deal with, you know, and we can't go into, you know, certain places, you know, ready to rip somebody's head off because of what's happening. So even in that, it takes a lot of strength. It takes, you know, discipline. It's. It's, it's hard and you because we're all, especially as women, as right. black women, we're already right. stereotyped as being the angry black woman. And it's like, right. well, what did you do to make me angry? Right. What did, 
realize what you did to make me angry. Realize what happened Mm. within yourself that you have these microaggressions and these unconscious biases that you keep poking at me to the point where I, or my kid, to the point where I do get angry. And they always say, why is race the first thing that, um, you know, why do people pull the race card? And I'm like, Mm. why do we even have to consider race being a reason that my child or myself or someone in my family was treated wrongly? Wow. Why do we even have to consider that? <laughs> wow. Like, people don't think about that. I'm like, it's something I have to think about. Like, are you doing this because of my race? Are you doing this because I'm black? Right. And if it's not, and would you say the same this? thing to, you know, someone else that wasn't black? Would you, would you yeah. be saying the words you're saying to me if, if I was mm-hmm. not black, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that mm-hmm. that's, you know, and that's really the kicker I think is mm-hmm. that our, you know, we, we have to pay attention. We have to pay attention to not mm-hmm. only what people are saying to us, but what we're saying back to them. And, and I love that. I love that you're saying, why do I even have to bring up mm-hmm. the race? Why would I even need to know yeah. that if, mm-hmm. if I didn't feel attached because of something I can't even control, you know? Yeah. And, and it, like, it's a yeah. bad thing. You know, and that's yeah. where, and I think that that's where it keeps coming back to for me. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. choose the way I look. I didn't choose where I was born. I didn't choose. Mm-hmm. So why would we, you know, why would we treat someone differently for those things that they had no control over to begin with? You know, so, oof, you know, and I, as I was thinking about this podcast, I was like, you know, I wonder if Demetra, if, if when you think 15 years from now, so Tristan will be mm-hmm. 22 years old. What mm-hmm. do you want to tell 22-year-old Tristan? If he were to listen to this podcast in 15 mm-hmm. years, what do you want him to hear from you as a 22-year-old man? I, I definitely want him to continue to, to, to hear what I say to him all mm-hmm. the time. I want you to be black. Mm-hmm. I want you to be proud. And I mm-hmm. want you to be educated. And I want you to love I want you, I want you to love and experience love and, and be prideful in who you are. Anything that you do, do it from the heart, do right. it with passion, you yeah. know? Um, and I think that that'll lead you to a better place. And also mm-hmm. as a black man, um, to be disciplined mm-hmm. because it's something that you're going to need to, in order to get past certain things that are going to happen to you. I can't even say if. For things that are going to happen to you. And it's sad that I have to say that, Mm -hmm. but I want you to be disciplined and prepared for things that are going to happen to you simply because you are a black man. Right. Right. That's so good. That's so good because (laughs) I mean, when, and when you, you know, when you say proud, you're not saying like, you know, walk around stuck up. You're saying proud in the sense that, you know what, you are who you are. The the skin that you're in (laughs) is a skin that you're meant to be in. The skin that yes. you're in is not an accident. You, know? you are to never yes, be ashamed of that. Yes. And yes. I love but that. You, you I know, love that. That's that. Because, you know, unfortunately, and like I said, with, with Tristan, I've been, the reason I've been saying it, you know, like to him and, and installing this in him, right. you know, since he was younger, because I never wanted him to have the experience that I had. So it's mm-hmm. like, and realizing that race plays a factor in how people look, think, and feel about you. Right. You know, I want you to be secure in, in, in yourself. I right. want you to be secure in your culture, in your race, whatever religion you choose. <laughs> you know, like, you know, and I want you 
to, to just be secure and, and love it. Right. Let, not let no one change that. Like right. be who you are, be authentically who you are. I have a really good friend and he's an actor and you know mm-hmm. he, he sends out his I don't know what it's called I'm just I'm obviously not a very good friend since I don't remember what this is called but you, you know you say, <laughs> so you like you want a part so you know you apply or whatever well his last mm-hmm. name is a Middle Eastern last name so mm-hmm. what he's chosen to do is he's picked a more um I don't know I don't want to call it a white name but it's you know it's just mm-hmm. a, a more common name that he's chosen mm-hmm. because he noticed that when he applies for parts that mm-hmm. or auditions for parts that's it audition um, when he auditions that they're more receptive to him if he does not put mm-hmm. his Middle Eastern last name and mm-hmm. and I was like are you kidding that's, me that's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know are you joking it's true. so no for, I, it, it's 100% true and i'm telling you from experience really? it's true yes wow. yes you are already prejudged on your name um so my name is greek right and so you know Demetra is greek and bartlett is actually um a white last name yeah. it is it's a pair it's you know right. it's, it's a white last name so like right you know um people are they're, they're not able to tell they actually think of greek when um initially they think right. I'm Greek until they see me and they're like oh my gosh okay this black woman just walked in here just now okay <laughs> like, you know and even you know with my job and with my clients they're like oh my gosh you know and one thing that I will say that I love about my clients they are like brutally honest okay uh-huh. so I work you know in the mental health the field mental- and right. they are yes, they are <laughs> brutally honest okay and I'll never forget um I get to, I get to, you know, the first appointment with this, uh, this, this woman and she's initially from Queens, New York, and she has this heavy, you know, New York accent and, um, she, she gets in the car with me to meet with me and she looks at me and she's like, oh my gosh, you're black. And I was like, yeah, I am. (laughs) And she's like, I thought you were white. And I was like, no, I was like, I'm black. She was like, oh my gosh, you're beautiful to be a black girl. And I said, no, I am a beautiful black woman. Oh, And she was like, she thought about it. She was like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. And I was like, you know, and I knew she didn't, you know, I knew she didn't mean it to you know to, right. to insult me or but anything that goes like that back to that you know the the way that uh-huh. we speak you know and yeah. in that interview that I was just telling you about um they were talking about that the, the backhanded compliments you know back yeah. giving backhanded compliments <laughs> and I was uh-huh. like oh my goodness you know one yeah, of the one happens. of the backhanded compliments that he got was you're really smart for being a black man and he was like what yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are you kidding me? You're bored by it. You're like, did you just say Right. What? Yeah. Sometimes people don't even realize that they're insulting you. Right. Right. They don't realize it. Like, and not even to say that they're racist, but they don't, it's like, like just so part of the fabric. Biases. Like, right. like, you've been taught something somewhere in your life mm-hmm. that That's black okay. people aren't smart. Right. You know, you've, you somewhere in your life you were taught that. That stereotype. Or, yeah. You know, yeah, you've been taught that somewhere. Wow. I don't, whether it's as an adult or as a child, you've been taught that. Because if you hadn't been taught that, you even think to say it right. or phrase it in such a matter. So when you're teaching like, your son, is that something that you're co- very conscious of? Like if yeah. you know you're having a conversation, or he sees, you know, say he sees a you know a white kid that 
you know, may dress like he's a black kid. You know what I mean? Do you mm-hmm. say, oh, he's confused or, or do you just like, he just likes to dress like that? You know, cause, nope. because that's when it starts <laughs> is when kids like, are kids. That's, you know, yeah. I'm like, no, that's what it is. Like, yeah. and, and like with my son, he, I don't know. I thought this was like a little girl thing. I'm not going to lie. And this is probably an unconscious bias of mine. Right. See? Right. Oh, um, Since we're being honest about, and candid, you know, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> all about, you know, like they wanted schools and you know and, and, and like I just really thought that that was like a little thing with girls that they give their moms a hard time about what they're being or whatever like when I was teaching I had a little girl who was determined to wear her baby to school and her mother was had the time to fight with her this morning uh-huh. here's her clothes and she's here to me fighting with me every You know, that's just really good parenting advice because I think that, you know, we got to pick our battles, you know? Yeah. We got to pick our battles. (laughs) That's so true. So what I actually started to do was I gave him options like the night before. Look, here's here's two outfits. Pick one. Right. <laughs> so that's that we're so not having this battle in the morning that's because right. I'm like now you're at school frustrated I'm at work frustrated and our days are completely off simply right. because of an you outfit. know you don't have well, yeah it's <laughs> like, not this worth is, it. you know there's yeah it's not it's not so it's I'm like no so in terms of things like that like um no I don't I don't play into that stress into that right. like nothing um he has asked me you know he he saw so he saw a man that had on you know women's clothing and uh-huh. he asked me why uh-huh. and I wasn't about to get into the whole thing you know yeah, the, the conversation yeah. with a seven-year-old right. about you know gender identity I was just like I'm not going there with him right, right. now I'm like he'll learn it at some point in time and I simply looked at him and said because that's what he wants to wear yeah, <laughs> and I, yeah. At that. I was like that's what he wants to wear. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, okay. And you can't assume either, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so I was just you like, can't assume I, why. That's so good. That's nope, so good. Nope. I was, but, you know, I was just like, I'm not even going there with him right now. And this right. is why I say, have conversations with your children in ways that they can understand, you right. know? Like, right. It, it, it makes sure it's on their level and for them. Like, right. That's just it. <laughs> well, and you it. know, you, you brought up something too. I think it was before we actually got on this, um, this call, but you had said that your grandmother had said something to you when you were a kid and you mm-hmm. were like, what? And now you see that. And, <laughs> and it went, the more we talk, the more I'm like, Oh, will you mm-hmm. live by that? You know? And what was it yeah. that your grandmother had yeah. said to you? So that was so soul. My grandmother um, used to always say to me, never get tired of doing the right thing. Mm. 
used to always say to me, never get tired of doing the right thing. And, you know, at the time, I'm like, oh, okay, Nana. Like, you know, <laughs> what is she talking You're about so today? And we do so often, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, Nana. You know, because my grandmother always had, like, the, the, the funniest quotes and sayings, like, that's what she was known for. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? My grandmother would make you laugh, like, mm-hmm. uncontrollably. So I'm like, oh, what are you talking about today? Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Nana. Yeah. And I get it now. Right. I wholeheartedly get it now. And I'm like, oh, okay. Right. And even, taunt, like, especially in, in what's going on and has been going on in the Black community mm-hmm. for so long, I get it. She's like, you know, like I have, it is, it is overwhelming. It is exhausting um, just to, 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 to live this everyday life, this everyday fight because I am a black woman. Right. It's exhausting. You know, right. um, there are moments where I want to scream my head off. I want to rip somebody's head off for right. simply just being ignorant. And I'm like, okay, I can't do that. Right. And to have that self-control, that self-discipline, it takes a physical toll on you. And I don't think a lot of people like really realize that it, it's exhausting, you know, yes. and um, you continue every day. Like you have to do the right thing. Okay. I can't rip your head off. Cause then what kind of an example am I setting to my son? What kind of an example am I setting to young women who look up to me if I react right. in this way? You know, That's I don't want to continue to fight ignorance with anger. Like right. I, I don't want to do it. Like I'm, I'm, an, I'm, I'm a natural advocate. So like, I want to bring awareness. I want to educate you. And then I want you to take accountability and responsibility to change yourself. Wow. Well, you know, you and I had talked about that as far as, you know what, we have our own circles, you know, because we had talked about Uh the protests and everything that's going on. And, you know, you were like, I'm just not really into that. But you have a circle. You know, you yeah. have a circle, uh, your circle mm-hmm. of influence and your circle of influence right now is, you know, what you're doing with your job, how you're promoting, mm-hmm. how you're um, mm-hmm. teaching your son. I mean, what are some other mm-hmm. areas or what are your other circles of influence right now that you feel you can so, speak into? Um, it's definitely community. Mm-hmm. Um, all about community. I was, you know, raised in the church. Um mm-hmm. And even though I don't go as often as I should now, <laughs> you know, I do know I have that 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 uh, that foundation. Mm-hmm. So I know that I can look to you know my church community right. um, for for strength, for resources, for support mm-hmm. um, in terms of anything. Um, I truly believe it takes a village to raise a child. Mm-hmm. So you know, luckily for me, I am my, my parents and grandparents and family. You know my uh, my villagers um, are still 100% with me. Mm, so I so have definitely, you know, created that as well for my son. And, um, you know, I have a, a, a circle of friends and family. Um, and we just kind of rely on each other. We all have our strengths and weaknesses. Right. And where one lacks, the other picks up. You know, right. it's just not a, a question. It's just, you know, what we do. Um, uh, uh, within my close circle of friends, um, you know, there we in terms of having our children there was like the first who had her child and like we all took part in that and that's where it started so now we all take part in raising each other's kids you mm-hmm. know it's it's just what we do mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm fortunate I'm so fortunate enough to have that I'm fortunate enough to have um a strong family foundation and support um community support I really think that I always say this it starts at home that's right that's it right starts at home I don't care what race you are I don't care what religion you are, it starts at home. So even if you aren't outright teaching your children certain things, 
you're a model for them. You know, they're going to follow your behaviors. They're going to, you know, even in terms of vocabulary and speech, the things that you say are going to pick up on. That's right. You know, and and, someone much wiser than me said uh, more is caught than taught. So we yeah. can we can say we're teaching our kids, but they're really mm-hmm. learning from those things that we don't even know we're teaching them. The things that we're saying, mm-hmm. the, the attitudes that we have, even our mannerisms. Yep. You know, if I'm walking down the street and there's a black gentleman walking, you know, am I grabbing my purse or going to the other side of the street? Or uh-huh. you know, my, my kid is watching that. They're saying, yes. wait, mommy, what's going on? Right. So, you know? Yeah. Why, why are you alarmed by that? Should I be alarmed by that? Okay, exactly. this is my mom, so this is what I have to mm-hmm. do because... You know, and, and you don't realize it. it it's those just simple. Really don't realize yeah. it. And yeah, simple, simple things, simple can, things that yeah. we don't even think about. But, you know, and yeah. that's what I want to urge, you know, our listeners or, our, you know, our followers right now is that it's really, really important that we're thinking about the things that we're doing, especially mm-hmm. in this time. It's like, it's like, you know, when you go out and in my backyard, I have, um, cherry trees and and Mm -hmm. when I go out there and I see that the fruit is ripe I'm gonna pick it it's time to harvest Mm -hmm. and right now it's harvest time it's time for us to look at our own hearts and our own lives and say do I carry any of these you know do I carry with me this this attitude of uh, or not even and and it may not even be something that I realize you know Mm -hmm. through this I you know I grew up in a predominantly black school I went to um you know I went to a, a mixed race university actually in New Mexico with kids uh-huh. that were Native American, kids from all over the world and uh-huh. um, different, you know, uh, makeups. And and for me, I, st- I have it. I still have it. And there's things that, you know, I-, I realize I do have a privilege because of my white skin. And that's not uh-huh. that's not political. That's not putting anyone down or, or pointing no, a finger at anyone. A it's just that's a fact. It. It's not a- simply a fact and That's I need it. to realize that, that. that you acknowledge that right. you acknowledge because so many people don't acknowledge that right. privilege and when you don't acknowledge that privilege nine times out of ten you probably aren't using it right for the for the right thing right you know, nine times out of ten you're not using it for the right things if you haven't recognized it right. and accepted it you well, know my- nobody's telling you that you know that not to accept it and to reject it right. what, what we're asking as you know as a black community is to use your privilege for good that's right that, and you that, can. Like, that's it and you mm-hmm. can, and I, and I feel, and that's where for me, my circle, you know, I've got, I, I have this amazing podcast of women that, you know, we come together and we listen and, and some of us are mothers, some of us aren't. And that's okay. Cause I use mama in the sense of, you know, I talk to my girlfriends like that. Hey mama, call mm-hmm. me. but mom, mm-hmm. you know, as mothers, you know, w- right now mm-hmm. it may, we not, we may not feel like we can do a lot to change the world, but you know what we can because we're raising we up are. the next generation. We're raising yeah. up these children. And in whether they're, you know, our kids by birth or their kids that are nieces and nephews mm-hmm. or, you know, we're nannies or whatever, we can mm-hmm. truly show people how to love others. And that's what it really yeah. boils down to is do I love myself mm-hmm. more than I love others? And mm-hmm. if, if yeah. all I care about is my comfort level, then I'm really mm-hmm. just loving me. You know, mm-hmm. and what's yeah. going to make me better oftentimes is going to make, make, make it, um, make it harder for me to, to look mm-hmm. in the mirror and say, oh man, you know, I oh, have thought this tough. way. I have <laughs> thought tough. this way. 
about it's men, tough. about because some of us mm-hmm. have issues of you know with men, or but right now the microphone is. Mm-hmm. On Black Lives and how, you know, yeah. and that's that's how I want to end our, the interview today is I really, you know, we always end it with if there was something that you can change in this world, what would it be? And uh-huh. I do want to know that from you because you're you're very educated. You you know what you're talking about and you're honest. And I love that. I don't find that you're, you. <laughs> you're, you're biased about how you're presenting information and telling everybody what they got to do. But um, <laughs> what, I, what I really want to do is I want to give you the floor and I just want to know uh-huh. what is your jewel, your most valuable um, piece that everyone can benefit from doing during this time, you know, of hopeful transformation, uh-huh. you know, so, you I know, think, it's yours. <laughs> I think I would, I would, I would definitely say like, you know, I, I could easily say, oh, let's end racism. Um, but that's, that's just not where my heart is. I feel like right now and in the, of, of past years and of now and of, you know, years to come, I truly believe that um, love, mm-hmm. love, mm-hmm. true, genuine, empathetic love will will guide you and, and, and educate, you know, in education. But like if you let if you have a, a pure heart and a genuine heart and a mm-hmm. genuine soul and you let that lead you. You you can't go wrong. It's just like never get tired of doing the right thing. Like you can't go wrong. So like I was, I actually read this book by Common called Let Love Have the Last Word. And just the, the things that he speaks on in terms of love, I'm like, okay, it makes so much sense. You know, like if we could truly learn to value one another for what you have to contribute to this world, regardless, I think that we would be like, in a far better space if we are able to nobody is saying that you have to agree with everything that everyone does that you have to like it but respect it enough to let the other person live in their life like that that's just it mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like um but it's also you know it, it starts at home so you know what are you doing in your homes what are you doing in your households what are you doing amongst your friends what are you doing amongst your families you know what experiences are you opening your children up to um so that you know they have these experiences with different people in terms of you know diversity diversity is very very important diversity and inclusion um to know that we have these differences to acknowledge it accept it respect it is is valuable right and in order to do that you know you definitely have to start early it's like um they call it um when children are younger um in terms of their brains um wet clay like it's easy to mold wet clay Mm -hmm. than it is clay that's already been there and sitting there and has hardened right you know like it's, it's easier in children i think that we don't give children um the credit for how intelligent they really are like children they they come into this world and immediately the first thing they have to do is is learn language and behavior and rights from wrong so if you start to teach children early these simple things you know so it's never really too early so it's (laughs) never too early to you know never too early it's never too early and if people would have been told these things or taught these things or, um, you know, much earlier, we wouldn't be where we are today. Um, So 
I, I would definitely encourage people, if you can, um, you know, get on YouTube or the internet um, and definitely research this woman called, uh, uh, by the name of Jane Elliott. She is absolutely phenomenal in terms of um, racism. Um, mm-hmm. She first did this experience, I believe it was back in 1968. Um, mm-hmm. I know it wasn't too long after... Um, the murder of Martin Luther King Jr., where she did this experiment called the uh, Brown Eyes, Blue Eyes test with her third grade class. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely phenomenal. And then a few years after that, she went on and she did this experiment with college students. And if you can, please, please watch this video. I know, I definitely know it's on YouTube. It points out, I mean, things that you wouldn't believe um, that children are taught, mm-hmm. learned behaviors. Um, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And she always says, I, she made a point that she had showed this video to her parents um, after she had completed it. Um, and what happened, this is with the third grade class. And she said her father actually stood up and was in tears. And he said, things for my life and my children's life would have been much different if somebody would have taught me that when I was nine years old. Wow. You know what? I saw yeah. a video like what you're talking about. Um, I want to say I was in maybe middle. It was called junior high, junior high or high school. Um, but mm-hmm. it was it was with baby dolls. It was with a oh, black wow. doll and a white doll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember watching it and being like, mm-hmm. "Oh my goodness!" Like, see, and those are the the little things that yeah. that you can do for your children to teach them diversity. You know, not teach them racism or hatred, but to teach them diversity. Because once you learn to teach diversity, diversity is simply, you know, valuing and accepting the differences in one another and then including it into your life. That's it. That's what diversity and inclusion ultimately is. Mm. Whether it's in your workspace, whether it's in your home, your personal lives, whatever it is. That's simply what it is, is is acknowledging the differences, respecting, accepting it and, you know, and valuing it and and including it. inclusion including it in your life um and I feel like that's what like you said like with baby dolls like yeah you know it does like I've had I've always had a wide range of you know baby dolls because yeah, my kids too. I, I wanted to do like so much with them but um I definitely remember telling you this story about when I was teaching um I had a little girl in my class a little Polish girl and her mom um you know kept telling me she kept asking for this uh Barbie doll for Christmas so we get back from the Christmas break and little girl, she runs in the classroom and she's going, Miss Panitra, Miss Panitra, Miss Panitra. And I'm like, okay, honey, what, what's wrong? And she's like, Santa brought me a Barbie doll that looks just like you. I love <laughs> I it. Laughing. I love it. And she's like, I got it, Miss Panitra. I got it. I got Aww. it. I got it. And it looks like you. And I was so laughing. Sweet. And I spoke with her mom after. Her mom said, do you know, every single time we would go into Kmart, she said, you know, we would always browse through the um through the toy section she mm-hmm. said she would always see this barbie doll she go mommy that girl just like Denitra can I have it it looks like Miss Denitra can I have it and she was like she knew Christmas was coming so she said you know she had gotten it for her and it would be one of her Christmas gifts and I was just like that simple oh my that goodness that simple it's that easy it's right. that simple you now, know what if, what if the mom would have said oh honey 
But you're that not dog black. doesn't look like you. Right. Why do you want that dog? Right. And I'm not like, going to well, spend our money on that. Yeah. It's like, well, why can't I value something that doesn't look like right. me? Or Whoa. why can't I want something that doesn't look like me? That's you know, like, like, that's what wow. it says. It's like it's saying that it's not valuable enough for you to have because it's different from you. Wow. Girl. We got to do another one of these because honestly, what you just ended with as far as why can I not value something if it doesn't look like me? That's Mm -hmm. something to walk away with for for today. I'm so thankful for you. I'm so thankful for our newfound friendship. Yes, Uh, thank you. When I come to Long Island, I'm going to come visit. Yes. (laughs) But thank you so much. I said, oh, my gosh. I was like, I want to go to Michelle's house. <laughs> <laughs> you so are bad. very welcome to come anytime, anytime. Thank and, but you. But I want to thank, thank you for you. coming on today and just being so flexible with everything that's that's happening in our world. But also being honest, because I think that that's what um, it's it's going to come down to. We just got to be honest with ourselves. And, yes. and you were such yes. a beautiful conduit of that today. So thank, thank you, Demetra. You. Thank you. And thank it, you. I'm just going to encourage everyone, if you want to follow along and you want to check out Demetra, go to our website at runmama.run and all of our social media, runmama.run. Hope you guys have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Run Mama Run podcast. Check us out on social media at runmama.run. And mamas, keep running.